0: edition of the gfp podcast and blast uh, chris hall communications specialist with game Fish, and parks uh, i believe episode 42 i think um have an interesting one for you uh, talking had our gfp commission meeting last week in beautiful good earth state park if you've never been there you should some amazing trails and forests it goes down uh to the river and you can see iowa from there but uh, I had a commission meeting last week, and while we were there, one of our commissioners, uh, Chairwoman Stephanie Ristler from Vermilion, uh, had the idea of doing like a podcast wrap-up of the commission meetings from here on out. Um, just another way to get, let people know what we were doing at the commission meeting and how it affects their outdoor recreation. We thought that was a great idea. We would talked about it before. A little bit and uh, she stepped up to the plate and said she would be willing to do the first one and maybe a bunch of them so uh, took some time today and sat down with Commissioner Ristler got to know her a little better and hopefully introduce her to you and then talked about the Commission meeting um, what was going on what the, the Commission was voting on as far as proposals and stuff there were no finalizations for seasons this month but uh, start doing that going forward. Just another way for people to kind of get to digest what the commission does because it does affect you if you like to hunt, fish, trap, camp, be outside in this great state. So, took an hour with Commissioner Ristler. I uh, hope you like it. Have a listen. Welcome to this oh my god it's june and nice episode of the game fishing parks podcast A blast i am your host chris hall communication specialist sitting shotgun with me again more of a regular than a non-regular is nick harrington nick how's it going bud
1: i'm doing good thanks again for having me on like you say i might almost get promoted the co-host status yeah.
0: I'm hoping. I suppose we should do that, huh? Just call well, you the goal.
1: I'm going to be honest. I'm very worried about the person we have on now taking my position. So could, I am very worried about. It. She she could easily take both of our
0: spots. <laughs> Sitting in the in the hot seat with us today is our esteemed GFP uh, commission commissioner, chief commissioner, head commissioner, chairwoman uh, Stephanie Ristler. Stephanie, thank you for being with us today.
2: It's good to be with you guys, and no worries, Nick. My I hung my hat up a couple of years ago, so you are good to go in this role, buddy.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. Do, do we have to call you Commissioner? Because normally we do. Can we call you Stephanie this time? or
2: you Please call me Stephanie. I've That's known you guys for so long that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I,
1: I know we're we're, we're, we're gonna I, we should do a count. We should see how many there are. How many Stephanies and how many Christian right. Ristler's will there be? <laughs> <Stephanie>, <laughs> so we don't have to yeah. use through the chair. That, that, that'll, determine, that'll determine how professional <laughs> this is. <laughs>
0: for uh, our listeners, if uh, Stephanie sounds familiar, she probably should, and that means you've been uh, for a few years. You've been keeping up on what's going on in South Dakota um stephanie why don't you tell us a little bit about your background first where are you from
2: absolutely yeah thanks for having me on guys this is fun and i think this is a great way to keep all of those that are gfmp involved in the know so thank you guys for doing this first and foremost yeah so i grew up in wyoming kind of the mountains of wyoming born and raised there decided to attend black hill state university uh, where I earned my degree in mass communications many, many years ago. Uh, fell in love with the state. I often tell people I was not born in South Dakota, but I got here as fast as I could. <laughs> and uh, I do believe I was guided here by a spirit, a spiritual being because I fell in love with the state. Um, worked in the western side of the state in television, KOTA, for a handful of years and decided that uh, I wanted something a little bit different. I wanted to tell uh, more stories of the people that lived here. I applied for a job with PBS, South Dakota Public Broadcasting, in Vermillion, which happened to be my husband's hometown. And lo and behold, I got the job and I was there for 25 years. I started off as a camera operator um, and I ended as uh, a senior producer there. I I hosted my own television show, South Dakota Focus for gosh 22 of those years. Uh, I also covered the legislative session. I was in charge of all in charge of all of our political programming, moderated all of our political debates, and then I also did a handful of historical documentaries on South Dakota, actually 12 of those. And so I feel I have been to every city, every town, some that don't exist anymore, in South Dakota. Um, but I did hang my hat up from SDPB at the end of 2020, and I decided to take a job in healthcare during a health pandemic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I asked God uh, to give me strength, and and boy did He! He showed me how to overcome challenges and. I work for our uh, South Dakota Association of Healthcare Organizations now, which is a great group of people. Uh, We support those in the healthcare industry, and I help lift up the work that our team does, but also lift up the work that our healthcare professionals across the state do. And so I've been there for a few years now. Uh, It's been a great change, a great learning opportunity. Um, And you know, you can teach an old dog new tricks, I will say that.
0: Yeah, that hole, we've got a chance. <laughs> I've got it. <this, laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, in your role, I think you're pretty well suited as, as a commissioner, but talk a little bit about what you and your family, you know, we get a lot of people that ask Nick and I and, and some of our staff, like, how do you get on the commissioner? What sort of qualifications? And how did that person get on? Like, when you got the call, to become a commissioner, you know. I, I think those of us who know you knew you'd be a good fit, but I don't think any of us knew like your background. Like, what do you like to do when you're outside in South Dakota with your family? Yeah,
2: you know, and that's a good question. And I have been asked, well, how did you get there? What you know, what do you do? So, in terms of our family and our upbringing, and and kind of what we do, as I mentioned, I did grow up in the mountains of Wyoming, and I spent much of my youth. Um, doing what we all would expect that looks like. A lot of camping, hunting with my family, fishing, really off the grid. Um, And as my husband and I, as we um, were blessed to have our own family, we decided that was the lifestyle we wanted our kids to have as well. And so we, you know, I do go back to Wyoming. I have family there, and we've introduced them to that. But we do a lot of that in South Dakota we do a lot of camping we do a lot of hiking we do snowmobiling Um, all of our family hunts my daughter hunts in fact she just graduated from high school and she will be attending south dakota state university Uh, she wants a degree in fisheries and wildlife conservation so we are very much about enjoying our outdoor resources as a family that is um, we're blessed to be able to give that to our kids and lucky for us they enjoy it they love it our oldest son his name is hunter uh he went off to play baseball in college and earned his degree and came back to the small town of vermilion Um, and all he wants to do is work and enjoy the hunting and the fishing that south dakota offers so that's kind of my personal side in terms of professionally as i had a show at sdpb it was a live um, one hour conversation show And our goal was to educate South Dakotans, what was going on. And oftentimes that topic centered around um, the management that GFMP was doing and how could we better educate South Dakotans on what that looked like. Because you guys know uh, it can be contentious, it can be confusing, um, and there are a lot of opinions that go along with that. And so through the years, Chris was on the show. Um, I can't remember, Nick, if you were on the show or not. But we did a lot of shows centered around GF&P management to educate the people of South Dakota. And so through that, we we gained a great relationship uh, when those topics would come up. It gave me great insight as to all all of the things that I just talked about. And we tried to keep those, uh, you know, I'd say we did them at least once a year, if not sometimes twice a year. And so I think... Professionally and personally, knowing that those two kind of would melt eventually, from my understanding and the way I've kind of um, shared it with folks, when this position came open uh, for a GFMP commissioner and they were looking for someone, I had already left state government. I wasn't working for broadcast, or I wasn't working in broadcasting anymore. But I continued to be an advocate of our outdoor resources and getting outside and enjoying those. And a cheerleader of the work that the GFMP was doing. And so when they did come to me, it was an honor. I was humbled. I wasn't quite sure if I was qualified. But when I looked back at everything I just said, I knew certainly that I could step into this role and be a voice for everybody that enjoys our outdoor resources.
1: And, you know, Commissioner Ristler, I mean, I think that's exactly what you just said resonates with me. I mean, I feel the pressure right now because you put things so elegantly and, and so they're so well worded. They're so smooth. I mean, uh, now here I am trying to just make sense of all of it and sound as almost as almost even close. But I I think that blend that you have of that personal balance your professional balance and just the way you can tie this all in you can you can take those contentious topics you can break them down you can communicate them in a way that everyone can understand whether it's me and whole whether it's our staff the public other commissioners i mean I think you just have such a such a skill set, such a gift for that, and I I think that's what makes you just such an excellent excellent commissioner. And again, you you put this so well, and then you've got me just kind of sputtering over here. You all see
0: why I'm worried about her taking my job here.
2: <laughs> no, you are doing great. You guys are doing awesome.
0: I think it is pretty interesting. You know, I've done enough television and stuff, not a lot of live TV. Oh. And I think the first one we did was kind of the state of a one time. And that to get a room full of biologists on live television and, and Nick and I deal with it every day, they're uber smart, they're uber passionate, but sometimes they'll wor- use words like Lambda and um, proclivity or something like that. I, I got to sit back and go, you guys got to talk English uh, because this is a thick topic. And I think, I was really impressed initially with you on how you could kind of break it down and keep them kind of going forward and going, okay, now what does that mean and, and how does that apply to a fisherman or an angler or a boater or whatever? So when your name came up, uh, a lot of us who were on your show talked and we we're like, yeah, she's going to, she'll be just fine. We don't have to worry about her. She's going to keep it on board and, and keep it going forward. Um That being said, what you've been on, year and a half?
2: Well, let's see. The uh, The governor's office had reached out to me the end of 2020, uh, and then I was appointed early 2021.
0: So, yeah, year and a half, two, two, years. two years. Yeah. Um, what, first blush, um, is it the the workload that this is, being a commissioner? Is it what you thought it was, the public interaction? Is it kind of what you expected, or is it is there been a lot of whoa moments, like didn't see that coming or, you know, just just kind of that, that tack, I guess.
2: Yeah, yes and no, because all of you had helped educate me years ago on people are passionate about their hunting and their fishing. And so I knew that that was coming. Um, absolutely. I knew it was going to happen, and it has happened. I will say it's not as bad as I thought it would be. But I remember when when you guys redid the deer draw structure, um, that was quite contentious. And so part of me was thinking, okay, this is what I need to prepare for. We haven't hit something uh, to that level yet. But when it does, I don't think I'm going to be surprised because, as I mentioned, people are passionate. What has surprised me, um, you know, I know GFMP has a lot on their plate, you know, you're managing, as your title says, the game, the fish, and the parks of South Dakota. Uh, and and when we have our commission meetings, we travel to different communities across the state, and the public gets to sit in those, either in person or virtually. What has surprised me is uh, the amount of work and knowledge that has to go into these daily decisions that have to be made. And it is a lot, And on top of that, how hard you guys work to be transparent with the public with what's going on. Um, I knew what was happening, but until you sit there and you look at the proposals and the presentations and everything that's shared with us, you, you don't realize just how much it is. And it is every single month, except for August, and I think we have one more month off in there, February maybe. But every month, you know, and I think I've mentioned before, we'll get done with the commission meeting. And I have no doubt the GFMP staff the next day are are working on, okay, what, you know, what do we have coming up next? What do we have to put in front of the commission so they understand what we're trying to do? In addition, the public has to understand what we're trying to do. So I think that's probably what has given me the wow factor um, so far.
1: (laughs) And, and you know, I think you make a great point, too, because I'm sure your your daughter will experience this too as she goes through her degree. Whole knows this. I was so focused on on being a fisheries biologist through my high school collegiate career. And now, when i was I was fortunate to to get in this role and be able to see, holy cow, we do a lot of things. I mean, it is so, I can drop acronyms and words the and those words on hold, too, and I try to minimize them. <laughs> I didn't even do any here. Um, yeah, but <laughs> not yet. we'll get me fired up in a minute. Um, but you know, that's that was my biggest holy cow moment too, right? So to hear you kind of say that same thing, that just that really resonates with me. Like, wow, across the state, we've got almost five hundred full time staff that are managing what sixty two recreation areas. How, uh, 1.5 million acres of private land open for public hunting, not including the public land we have, all our various seasons. Like, what do we have? Is it almost 60, 60 draws Something that we have like take that. place? I mean, when you get that whole perspective of the department, it is just, I, I have the exact same, holy smokes moment. Mm-hmm. It, but it's a really fun one too.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think for us as, as communication people and, and for you as a commissioner, you get uh all of it. You know, we get all of it. It's, you know, if it's a prescribed burn one day and then we're on to fish spawning and then we're on to deer draws and it's, you. we really get to see kind of the gamut of it. And and we preach to our our employees every day, you guys and girls have, gals have some of the coolest jobs and let us help you tell the stories. And they're, oh, I'm just a simple biologist. I'm out in the field, you know. Yesterday I was cutting fence and, and spraying weeds. That's not very dramatic, are very important. And it's like, well, to a lot of people, it is because you're either creating more access or you're doing more improvements or, or you're building a, we have people building bridges in parks that, you know, they're just kind of like, Oh, you know, I'm just a maintenance guy. It's like, dude, you built that bridge. How did, and you did it by yourself, you know? And, um, so it is pretty, it runs the gamut and it's, it can be overwhelming <laughs> at times, but you're right. I mean, I, I can tell you that when we travel for commission meetings, um, Nick and I are in the car and we're talking about immediately talking about the next the next meeting and and what could come up and what might or might not be contentious or you know uh we're usually not right about that part but, but uh, yeah it's yeah it's very very over overarching in a lot of ways we'd probably be pretty good weather forecasters
1: right like it might (laughs) rain but it might also be sunny but it might be a little windy too so just if you plan for all of it you're you're gonna be ready you know just bring lots of clothes yeah 50
2: 50 shot yeah yeah.
0: so the reason why we have uh commissioner Whistler on the hot seat is we were talking at a meeting and Nick and I had been bouncing this idea off actually on the way to this last commission meeting in Sioux Falls. And Commissioner Ristler approached us and said, you know, we should really go down and after every commission meeting, kind of do just a quick rundown of what was happening and another way to get folks uh, informed. We um, have done a a, a crazy job the last few years, even starting before the pandemic, about trying to get people more involved. And whether it's, um, you know, Zoom meetings and SD sdnet and um we take all the commission meetings after the commission meetings are done i go back and listen to them again and track them out so all the audio for each individual commission agenda piece is online so people can listen to but we still have to do more and and not everybody wants to sit and listen to eight hours of of testimony and information items and everything so we just wanted to take this chance to kind of break it down uh, quickly. And since it was kind of her idea, we thought we'd put her on the hot seat first. It won't always be her, but I think it <laughs> it's probably will be more than most people. So No, thank you I, appre- I
2: appreciate it. No, I appreciate it, guys. I mean, when I'm up asking questions, and, and I think you guys probably recognize this, often my questions are, well, how's the public going to know about this? If we're making this change, how are we going to tell them? And you guys do a great job, and um, you appease me, and you answer it. And I know you've already got your two steps ahead of us, um, but I am all about communicating with the public. And so this is one more tool. So thank you guys for listening and, and stepping up and making it happen.
0: Yeah. No, this is and this is actually fun. I mean, I wish we could do them more, but they – they don't take a lot of time to do and produce it's just the ideas of doing them and and making them valuable so thank yep. you yeah so let's let's get in into a commission meeting typically um they start at about one o'clock on the on an early thursday in in the month um as we're going down the agenda we're talking about so we have you know some divisions the d- division of administration is usually some some fairly not bland things but important things but Talk about the budget. This is—is is this the first time you've really gone through the budget? Like, really? Well, as a chairperson, it is. But, but talk about that budget and, and how that discussion went.
2: Yeah. So, um Chris Peterson, the finance officer with the Game, Fish, and Parks, came before us uh, and shared what that budget looks like. And so, as folks know, in state government, your fiscal year starts on ends June 30th and it starts July 1st. And so that's all of state government. So uh, Chris came to us as you know, as we're looking at fiscal year, I guess the rolling budget summary report, fiscal year 2024, uh, to really um, lay out what the department is looking at, what individual, I guess, divisions within the the Game Fish and Parks is looking at for finances. Uh, Gave us a good timeline as to when the GFMP actually needs to go. Um, before members of the legislature, um, before the session even begins to kind of get that process going. And so Chris, uh, you know, he shared with us, this is where we're at. This is where we need to be by around October, November, because we'll be going before certain members of the legislature at that time. And then session begins. I mean, the governor will deliver her budget address. It's usually the second week in December, maybe the first week in December where we come together and we hear what the governor's recommendations are. And by that point, um, it hasn't been finalized, but at least we have the governor's recommendations. And so now as a commission, we're starting that process to figure out where those dollars are, uh, where Chris and his team feel uh, those dollars need to be spent. It's a little bit of a a high-level conversation at this point, but the great thing about the commission is we do have access to Chris. So if we have additional questions, if we need clarification, uh, we can reach out to Chris. We have a former, we have two former state lawmakers on our commission, Julie Bartling, she's from the Gregory Burke area. She sat on appropriations during the legislative session. And we have Commissioner Jim White, who's a former banker and a state lawmaker, uh, who also sat on appropriations. And so I feel pretty confident with their background as we hear from Chris and we go over that budget summary report, the questions are being asked, then we're moving in a good direction.
1: Go ahead. I I was going to say, and and one thing, and I don't want hold to yell at me too much for tangenting as we go down these, because we have a lot to cover. But I mean, your experience with state government, I mean, our our budget is is quite unique. I mean, was that something from your kind of new, your perspective now that you, that was one of those aha moments? I mean, I I say that because it was, it was certainly one for me when I, when I took this role.
2: No, you are right. You're, yeah, you're spot on, Nick. You know, and I think, We're still learning as a commission because there are some things that do fall on our plate in terms of budget authority. There are some things that fall uh, in the plate of of the legislature. And so making sure we understand what those are, we stay in our lane. Yes, it it was something that I had to learn, and I'm I'm still trying to make sure I understand exactly where we go and, and what our responsibilities are.
0: Yeah, that, that was the question I was going to know. I interned when um, Commissioner White was a senator or was, was in the legislature. And it was always interesting because as an intern, you're like, well, you sit through all that stuff. And, and you'd always hear some of those legislators going, well, why why don't we get to decide what Game Fish and Parks does, you know, on the wildlife mm-hmm. side? and And didn't know it was really that contentious until I got here and we went through some of those real high level things where people were like, well, I want to know, you know, I want to I want you guys to take this money and spend it here. It's like, well, you can't. You know, that's a diversion of funds, and those are federal funds. And so it can get pretty not sticky, but it's it can certainly be confusing. And I think a lot of our really passionate users are aware of that. And that that's one thing that surprised me going through the commission. We had a lot of people, you know, especially now on social media, chime in and say, you know. Well, that's that's those are angler and and hunter dollars, and that has to go back into angling and hunting and access and improvements. So that, that can be a especially for new commissioners, that can be kind of one of those wait a minute, why are, why do we get to decide because our commission actually has the purse strings on a big, big, big chunk of our budget. so
2: yeah yeah well, and one thing I've learned too is no question is a stupid question. Ask it. Um, and we have such a great group, you know, on our team with uh, a lot of experience in different areas. And we are asking those questions when we need to. I
1: was going to say, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. I, I promised totally one tangent here, but you referenced Commissioner Bartlett Commissioner White. I mean, you look at a team and a, a good team has a variety of strengths. And, and I think that's exactly what you what you, what you hit at. We know we. We have this experience. We have exactly what we need. And and when I look at we're a, we're a full commission of eight now. I just see such a wide variety of strengths and experiences that I think that's what makes that you know such an such an awesome team. And I'm like you said, you hit on it. And I I know you would I know you would agree with that too. But I that's what speaks to me a lot when being able to work with you guys so much.
2: Yeah. No, I couldn't say it any better than that. Thank you, Nick.
1: All right. I got
2: one in. I'm done. Right, I'm out. <laughs>
0: so going down oh go ahead sorry
2: oh no i was just laughing at nick (laughs) we all do it's fine
0: (laughs) so going down the the commission uh, agenda then we do some information items we talk about the go outdoors stuff and and the second century gala and like uh one of the new things that we've kind of done is allow new staff whether it's virtually or in person to kind of get their faces in front of you and in front of us in a lot of cases and and because when you have four hundred and some full time and then all the seasonals, we have people coming and going that, that Nick and I were in a communications meeting and we should know everybody and we're looking at the education staff going, oh, Who's that? What are they You know, so
3: um,
0: there's a lot of note note
1: passing going, Who, Who's that? No, I know that one. <laughs> so then well, we
2: you get, know uh, I enjoy the new staff introduction. We all know uh we have such a workforce challenge right now it doesn't matter what industry we're in the department has been struggling for a handful of years to fill those spots on a statewide level so to see new staff come in people moving up the ladder different things just you, you know their their careers are moving upward within GFMP we're adding new faces I think we're moving in a good direction, and to be able to see those folks and say congratulations to you, welcome aboard. I think that's important.
0: Absolutely. And that that FaceTime too, you know. And I brought it up that you know we have a lot of people who who are in the field all the time, and they and they can they've told us that they feel a little bit isolated, and nobody knows who they are. And and I think it starts with with Kevin, who's who's the big boss, right? Who, when he got hired as the as the as our big boss, you know, made it a point to try and get to every field office and every regional office and try to meet those folks and just go, okay, at least I know who they are and and who's in charge and 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 what they're all doing, and that's a start. But it only goes so far, right? You have to keep those people. Uh, in in the limelight where they deserve to be, a lot of times, honestly, and keep them kind of engaged in saying, "Yeah, your work matters." Holy smokes, you're doing that! Like that's amazing. So
2: no, you said t- it. You said it. And and their work does matter. They are the ones doing the work. They're the ones engaging with the anglers and the hunters and making sure our parks uh, are clean and everything's running and working. Uh, all of these things that we enjoy there's a, a man or a woman behind the curtain and it's the GFMP staff that's doing it. And they all need a, a, you know, they're doing it, but I don't think the average public always recognizes that.
0: For sure. Now we'll get a little bit into the meat, if you will, on the commission agenda, the open forum. Now the open forum's fairly new too. And I liken it a lot to what you did with your TV experience in your TV show. It's uh, except we don't have call screeners, right?
2: <laughs> um, yeah.
0: What's your impression of, of that? I mean, the open forum for those of you who don't know is literally you can call in or you can be in the zoom meeting or you can be there in person. And basically you get three to five minutes to bring up whatever you want. So what's your impression of that?
2: Well, I think it's good. And so far, uh, each month we get a variety of folks on a variety of topics. Sometimes it's something that maybe is not even on our radar. Uh, and sometimes it is something that we know is coming, you know up, maybe that meeting, maybe a you know, a meeting down the road. It is good to hear from the public. Um, it's good to hear what their concerns are. Oftentimes they'll come with solutions. I like that. You know, if you're going to bring up something that you think needs to be changed or something that's not quite working, that is appreciated. But if you have a suggestion as to why, you know, a way that we can make it better, that's great too. Uh, oftentimes, and I already mentioned this, the JFMP staff have probably already thought about this or they've tried different ways, you know, to make improvements, but we can still talk about that. So as these ideas come up during the open forum and forums and suggestions come up, It's good to uh, keep that connection with South Dakotans. Sometimes they join us in person, which is nice. Sometimes they're um, joining us uh, virtually, which is uh, a great tool to have. I like it. I think it's good. I think as we move uh, into the future with these forums, you know, will there be more that we can do? Will there be, you know, the opportunity where the commission can better engage with them? Maybe ask some questions. Right now, really, it's just the floor is open to them and they share their thoughts and their, their time is limited. But perhaps down the road, we can open up more of a Q&A if the time allows and engage a little bit more with those folks that have taken the time to reach out to us. That's the other thing. We do these meetings uh, during the weekday, uh, during the day. And so oftentimes if they show up, they might have had to take time off work. Or if they're calling in during their lunch hour, this is time that they have to take away from their jobs. And I hope that those folks know we recognize that. I, too, when I come to the commission meetings, I take time off uh, from my job. This is a volunteer position, and I take time off to come and serve the people of, of our state. And so during these open forums, I recognize oftentimes those folks have to do that, too.
1: And, and, you know, I think one thing, too, that uh, as I've done this more really resonates with me is it's all about that that passionate user base. Right. You know, these people show up and that's a really good thing because that means they care about what they're doing. And I mean, I, I I've sat in front of you guys and given updates on things I know a lot about. And it's still, you know, those first couple you have a lot of it, it's a nerve wracking experience and you you build more experience and get more comfortable. But, you know, I just applaud the heck out of people that come up and and say what they're passionate about and get in front of our commission and get in front of Kevin, our, our leadership team. And I mean, I those folks, you can tell they are so passionate about that. And it is, again, whether they're whether they're on the mic, whether they're on the Zoom or whether they're just submitting their comments, uh, I just have to applaud people for, you know. That that's a that's a big deal, and I think sometimes that can go overlooked too. Yeah, yep,
2: absolutely.
0: And I think if if nothing else, that that open forum they and and going down into the petitions, we'll get to that in a second, but if nothing else, it, it gets a line of communication open. And we see that a lot in both the petitions and the open forum, where it's like, okay, we might not be able to do that, or we didn't even know this was an issue. Um let's grab so-and-so and and -and so-and-so, you guys go out and let's keep this conversation rolling and let's see, you know, in the next few months if we can't come to some sort of agreement or some sort of answer to your problem, or at least here's your idea, here's why we're getting hung up on it, and what can we do, and it's on everybody's radar because, one, it's on the record, and, two, there's about 20 of us taking notes, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it keeps that it not only makes you aware, it it also gets that line of communication really, really open and going. So. So let's go down now into the petition. So uh, petition process is really something that's probably ooh, maybe six years old, I think. And and it's gotten to be a little more popular petition process is really go ahead and explain it, uh, Commissioner Ristler, and then we'll go from there.
2: So through the GFMP website, if, you know if folks want to make some changes, uh, they can go to the GFMP website, fill out some paperwork. Uh, one of those is a petition, and they come before the game Fish and Parks uh, during a commission meeting while well, they come before the commissioners, and they present whatever said change they would like to see happen. Uh, we then will hear from a member of the GFMP staff that will share a little bit of a history, Uh, Maybe we've tried to make this change before. Whatever we need to know. And then they may provide a recommendation from the department. Um, You know, we move forward with this. This is a great idea. Or perhaps uh, we would recommend that the commission denies this for said reasons. And so this is another good way for the public to get in front of us and say, this is working. This is not working. So, for example, we heard from a gentleman that does a lot of fishing in the Chamberlain area Um, And he's, uh, so around the marina at, I I believe it's uh, Cedar Shore, yes, the the Cedar Shore boat launch, he does a lot of fishing there. And we all know uh, Chamberlain is a great place to go and fish. They have a lot of tournaments there. And it creates a lot of waves. And those folks that are on those rocks, they're concerned um, about the dangers. And so they asked the commission to consider a no-wake zone at Cedar Shore boat, boat launch. And he, you know, to go back to what you said, Nick, uh, he took time off from work. Um, he took the time to come and speak before the commission. I don't know if he was nervous or not, but I applaud his efforts. And he brought up a lot of great things. But in the end, this wasn't um, a, boat, a boat launch or anything that was created by the Game Fish and Parks. This is a private uh, marina that Cedar Shores has created. And when we start to make changes like this, you know, we have to ask, well, where does it stop? If we do this here, will others be coming forward? And so the recommendation from Director Kirschman was denial. And it was for some of the reasons that I just mentioned to what you said, Chris, because this was one of those moments where we said, look, this doesn't have to stop here because there's, you know, there's more that we can do, and this gentleman had actually reached out to um, the resort, and he had reached out to some tournaments and said, you know, the boats are coming by pretty quick. We're worried about our safety, Um, but what we suggested was, well, maybe the department could reach out to the resort and to from, you know, to the tournament directors, because the gfmp maybe has a little bit more weight than you know one individual and that's what happened the The department worked with this gentleman to figure out okay we're not going to move forward with this petition but we are going to move forward to make sure that those that are utilizing that area are aware there are fish you know there are anglers along there and there could be kids we don't know just be cautious as you're as you're going in and out of the marina so a good thing happened there and that's actually what we often see we You know, we get kicked in the teeth a little bit because we don't adopt a lot of (laughs) petitions from the public, and I've gotten a lot of notes from folks across the state, and I hear them. I understand. The the truth is, we have a whole uh, group of uh, scientists and experts within the department. They've tried some of these things. You know, a lot of these ideas that are coming forward, they're not always new ideas, and so... I personally, I can't speak for all of the commissioners, I lean very heavy on the science and the data that the department brings. And so it doesn't mean those petitions are bad ideas. We just have to balance where we go with some of our decision making. And
1: I- I think you bring up a great point, too. Just because a petition is denied does not mean that the conversation is ending. I I, I can't think of any conversation that has ended with a
0: petition denial, if I'm being honest. I mean, (laughs) yeah. and And the other thing, and you brought it up, Commissioner, a lot of these petition ideas, when we see them, we go, oh, haven't we talked about this like ad nauseum? Yeah, with each other. Right. you know and 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 how can you improve that? and i I'm a big shore fisherman. Nick knows this. I tease him about being in a boat and how my fish ca- count more. They mean more when I catch them from shore. You know, so to have a a half hour conversation at a at a pretty open and high level, it to me means a lot. and and in fact, some of our staff were texting me going, hey, you need to like because I was frowning and like, oh, we need to protect these shore fishermen because I go through this all the time. But we do have these conversations a lot behind closed doors or in meetings. And there's never, if you get 10 of us in a room, there's eight different opinions on a lot of this stuff. So to have that at that high level and and kind of bring everybody together. And, you know, ultimately, I think think it'll be a, I, I know it'll be a good thing, especially for that point, because that's a really good spot to fish. And if we can get some signage up or we can get, some tournament directors in these conversations going, you have to tell your anglers to slow down. Not only because that's a good spot to fish, it is a safety issue. And and if we can get everybody kind of, Oh, okay. Even though he didn't get that petition through, Absolutely. I think there'll be some changes and some, and some very different outcomes for, for those groups of folks that fish there. Absolutely.
2: Yep. Yep. Very. Yeah. Ab- yeah. You know, and then we also looked at restricting crossbows for paddle fish. This, um, This would have restricted uh, crossbows as a method of harvesting them unless you're a person with a disability. But this was a new, uh, this was a new item that we actually just passed not even a year ago. Um, And so as a commission, you know, we did listen and and there were some safety concerns that were brought up, uh, but that's also a boundary water. South Dakota shares that with Nebraska. So, you know, sometimes it's not just a cut and dry thing, At this point, we felt, you know, let's just see how this plays out. And should we need to change it down the road, we will revisit this. But we also recognize, you know, we have our our friends in Nebraska, too. So if changes need to be made, there are others that need to be brought into that conversation. And that doesn't mean, you know, we do what Nebraska does or Nebraska does that we do. But we want to be friendly neighbors when we're making changes.
1: Hey, that whole she just said we're friends. So yes, you know, yeah, We can be friends with Nebraska. Nice. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Building bridges, literally, literally, and figured. No one cross a bridge that I build, please. That yeah. that is yeah. not my skill set. Strengths of a team, right? Yeah. We'll go okay. back to
0: that conversation. <laughs> so now we get to the proposals. We didn't have any finalizations for this meeting, but proposals are really what the department is bringing for any sorts of whether it's changes or setting of seasons. This one was a little bit light, but we had a couple in there that are fairly interesting and, and, and new and not necessarily contentious, but certainly, certainly uh, new in the last couple of years. So let's go through and talk about those. Start with the river otter trapping season.
2: Yeah, the river otter trapping and hunting season. Chad Switzer, our wildlife deputy director, he came before us. you know, he really had no changes for us. He outlined what's been uh, done over the last few years moving forward. Uh, And so it really was just kind of an update for commissioners as to where things are. He also visited with us about the sage grass hunting season. Again, uh, Chad did that, no changes. And so, and the great thing about this, if people are wondering and they're like, well, you know, what does that look like? I don't know. Everything is archived. It's online. You can listen to it. You can go back and take a look at it. Uh, Everything is transparent. And so at this point, we've made no changes in either one of those. The turkey and antelope draw, uh, Chad did come to us. Um, There was a slight change. And I want to make sure I get uh, the wording right on that because I believe it was after uh, the third draw. And this is where you guys are going to I've kind of explained this to a few people. At this point, uh, the way it is, residents and non-resident license, um, that third draw, they are pulled together and they can get up to five applications. Um, What the suggested or the proposed change that was brought to us is that would be limited to one. And the idea is, let's spread those out. So now more people will have the opportunity to get those licenses. And so after hearing uh, from Chad, uh, the commission agreed that that was a good direction to go. That would um, provide more hunting opportunity during that third draw. But during the first and second and fourth draw, there were no changes to that. All
0: right. Yep. You nailed it. Yep. Okay. Um, and, and by process. Did you ever... Th- tangent i'm going to take a nick tangent did you ever think you were going to sit and talk for a half an hour about river otters
2: (laughs) no no well maybe honestly some of the most fascinating conversations uh have been about um oh when we've had some of our fisheries folks come on to learn about um uh oh how how do i even say this uh how fish interact with one another and where they go to spawn and I, and how, uh, you know, um, we harvest some of those eggs. Some of that has actually been fascinating to me. Yeah.
1: Now, now we're in real danger of a Nick tangent. <laughs> <Yeah, that's right. laughs> Here
0: comes CPUE. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, it, it is interesting because it, it's, you know, y- I would say a vast majority of our state, people have never even seen a river otter in the wild, much less know that we have river otters, much less that we have enough to allow a limited season. And then you have people who are super passionate about not only hunting and trapping, but, you know, the preservation and the conservation of those critters. And it's always, okay, yeah, we're having a season, but what are you doing to make sure that we're not harming the population? So it kind of, those are those neat opportunities to kind of bring everybody together and go, okay, this is what we're doing. This is how we monitor them. It's not like you see a river otter in the wild. You got to go look for their bathrooms, you know, and yeah. set up tra- trap cameras and, and maybe catch a couple of them swimming by. And then, so that, those are always the ones that, that kind of come out of nowhere and go, yeah, you know, I never even thought of that. And I went and looked for river otters and we found a latrine in two days, you know, so mm-hmm. um, cool stuff. And the, the sage grouse thing, I mean, we're on the edge of that sage grouse habitat and we just don't have enough of them to hunt. So um, by process, if we bring up proposals and there's no changes um, and the commission doesn't ask for any changes, those are finalized. So the river otter season will be finalized for the next two years and the sage grouse season will be closed again, sadly. But if you ever get a chance to go out and and look for river otters or sage grouse, let us know. Those are two of the coolest things that I've ever done with the department. So.
2: You know, I'm trying to think of, so down here in Vermillion, we're right on the Missouri River. I don't think I've ever seen a river otter in the Missouri. Um, I think some of my family have mentioned they've seen one time a river otter in the Vermillion River. Mm-hmm. That's about all that we've seen. No, you know, it's it's been good. It's been interesting to listen and to hear from the biologists and, you know, the information items all of the um, research that's being done and some of the partnerships that we have with different states that uh, are similar. They have, you know, similar landscape and whatnot that we have. It's it's nice to see some of that collaboration, and we've learned a lot. You know, and one thing I will add, uh, you know, during these meetings, we have such a diverse group of commissioners. Some are landowners on the western side of the state, and when we hear – You know, during these information items and we're getting presentations, sometimes some of the commissioners will pipe up and say, well, you know, I've, you know, I've seen X amount of elk on my land or antelope on my land. And so to hear firsthand from those landowners that can say, well, you know, this is where I'm at. um, It's good to have that perspective on the commission with us. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, very cool. Um, then, you know, we got through the proposals, um, kind of wrapped up day one, day two, Friday. Usually we we kind of reserve those. We try to get through the those petitions and proposals and stuff so if folks are there, we can get through around day one. And then day two is kind of more like classes in session for for commissioners and for, you know, even for us. And run the gamut. We don't have to go through all of them, but run the gamut of kind of information items, which are essentially just, you know, we're going to teach you about my area or what I'm doing. Yeah. Um. That that can get pretty long. I mean, there's three, four, five hours of, of presentations and stuff. Um, but I, I think there, again, we're, we're putting a spotlight on folks that are working really hard. But it's also important stuff to know because at some point, you know, I'll use like the Palisades update. You know, they've been doing big things, creating a whole new campground there. And by the way, we got to spend money on. It. So, uh, just you can go through if you want to pick any of them out and talk about them commissioner but uh, I mean, we've had a really, really heavy um kind of slate of those, but they're all like fascinating really I mean,
2: no, it is good, and I so my passion really is um my family they hunt and I support their hunting and and we do it as a family, My passion is our parks and our fishing and our hiking, and so when I get to hear from you know, some of the folks that are, are keeping those up to date, that's kind of where my ears do perk up a lot more. We did hear about Palisades Park and the camping and the update, and it's going to be beautiful. When everything is said and done, we will have yet another gym for South Dakotans to go and enjoy. Um, we get an update on some of uh, the projects that are going on, and I don't know if a lot of the folks across South Dakota know this. Many of the GFMP staff are so skilled they are able to go in and do that construction themselves, which saves the department money. If you can't have somebody go in uh, and do that building, I think they can do every just about everything except maybe electrical work. That's huge, and that's a good, you know, that's a great kudos to the GFMP team. You know, we, we're we're utilizing that skill set of of the staff, and we're saving the department money on that end. Uh, we get a parks, trails, and events update, Uh, we have so much going on. We're not just camping. We're having musical concerts in our campgrounds and art shows during the holiday season. Some of our campgrounds and parks are doing trick-or-treats, and so we get updates as to what's going on, and sometimes the commissioners will look at each other and say, well, I need to go to that. You know, I haven't been to that one, and so you know, it's good stuff. This last week we heard from a- Adams Homestead. That's a, um, a location by the Dakota Dunes in the southeastern part of our state. Their team down there has done outstanding work to get the community involved and engaged in what they have to offer. Lodging opportunities. This last time we got to take a look at what the new lodging opportunities are across some of our state campgrounds. Um, and one of the things we talked with, um, uh, uh, the director, uh, uh with Jeff Van Meteren. Van Van uh, they have our parks department has upped their game by a thousand percent. We've all heard of glamping. Now I'm not a glamper. I'm a camper, but now we have houses and lodges. You can rent cheaper than you could do a VRBO or an Airbnb um, that will sleep up to 12 people in the middle of the wilderness in South Dakota. And so my hope is uh, we're going to get those out in front of the people so they know that they're there because they are, I think, a hidden gem and the price is outstanding. So, you know, we talked about some of that. That was the informational items. Um, you know, and then we did, uh, we had some action items where we approved some land acquisition. And so now we're going to provide more access to people of South Dakota. This was land that other owners came to the GFMP and said, we would like this to be part of the Game Fish and Park so folks have more access. So, uh, Davis County, uh, the Davis property, which is in Day County. Um, that will be something that folks uh, will start to hear more about. And then Pheasants Forever donated some property in Stanley County. And so uh, we got to hear um, from Ryan Windinger on those, and, and we approved all of that to move forward so South Dakotans can have more access to habitat and get out there and enjoy, and enjoy that.
0: Right. And both of those are, I can tell you, being from up in that Roberts County, Day County area, that one is like kind of an island that's going to provide some unbelievable duck hunting and, and even some, I, I think you'd be able to catch a ton of fish right off that <laughs> island. And then the the uh, the Pheasants Forever property in Stanley County, everybody that I know who's a bird hunter and peer has been talking about that chunk of ground because it is, it's been in the walk-in area for a while and, and it's only going to get better because our crews are going to get out there and there are going to be a lot of pheasant and grouse hunters using that stuff. So that's those Sometimes we gloss over some of that stuff, especially as a staff member going, oh, you're looking at it as a whole. Those two things are big, big deals, because that's going to provide a lot of opportunity for a lot of people. Absolutely.
2: You know, I think so, too. And then we heard from Luke uh, Silverberg. He's a private lands biologist. Yep. And um, I, I don't know how long he's been with the department. I think he's fairly new. new.
1: Yeah, fairly. Near. I think probably a year. Yep. I'll say about a year. Yep. Yes.
2: So he talked about um, driving around and noticing land that maybe he could work with some of the landowners on. He made a cold call to one of the landowners uh, and that he was able to go in and work with this landowner um, uh, to help make some improvements to the land. They created a relationship on different things that they could do. And then his name was referred to some other landowners in the area. Uh, and so in the end, you know, that's additional opportunity potentially for folks to have access to that. Um, and he was excited.
0: Uh, He's like he that exci- all the time. Yes. He's like that all the time. Yes. I went out and did a shot a video with him and that landowner about rebuilding those wetlands. Yeah, and he, I got done and I went, I'm exhausted, dude, just being around me. He's a lot like you, Nick. He's go, go, go. <laughs>
2: But it was good at to see that and it quiet was good me to down. See <laughs> those relationships that he's building and, you know, it, you know, it was to improve the wetlands and then we got to see some pictures of the process and what it, you know, looks like now. I hope South Dakotans, you know, recognize, as we mentioned at the beginning, all the things that are going on out there.
1: And, and, you know, I, again, from my perspective, when I watch these, I think the biggest thing, and we've kind of touched on it, is you get to see that passion for their work really come through, right? I mean, in every single one of these presentations, like I say, we're just shy of 500 full-time staff here, and you they get these opportunities to talk about what they, they're passionate about, what they have, you know, things that, holy cow, you are just, I, I sit there and go, wow, you are just doing an awesome, awesome job, and I, I, I love that they get those opportunities to showcase that, because, I mean... Yeah, when he's, I, I saw a guy hand hand chopping Eastern Cedars and I knew I had to call him. Yeah. Like, that's going above and beyond. That's doing, right. an, that's just wanting to do an awesome job. Right. So when we get to showcase that, I, I just love that about about these presentations.
2: You know, and I used to worry at the end, they always will say, well, do you have any questions? And sometimes we do, but sometimes we don't. And honestly, as these presentations are going on, I'll write a question down. Oh, what about this? Well, they'll tackle those within their presentation. <laughs> They hit on those. And I've come to the point where even though we don't always ask a lot of questions, it's because either they've answered it um, or we, you know, we also recognize these are the experts. And so we appreciate the opportunity. And if there truly was a red flag, it would be asked. But the presentations are outstanding and they hit everything that we need to know.
1: That sounds like a podcast with Commissioner Ristler, because all my questions sure. I want to bring up, yeah.
2: they're already here.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. And then, you know, we just kind of wrapped up the meeting. We talked about, you know, a couple of big things. Well, three big things back to back to back. Uh, the AIS, uh, aquatic nation species, and then the pheasant harvest is always kind of, everybody's always, you know, wants to know about that. And then spring spawning and and stocking. So those are all heavy things to end with or come close to ending with,
2: I guess. Yeah, you know, uh, the aquatic invasive species, that has really um, reared its ugly head. But when I was with SDPB, we we did a show on this. It's not new, but I think folks are really starting to pay attention. Uh, the department, we were talking about it last year, and they were talking about, well, well what can we do? And they're doing that. They're they are um, increasing the number of folks that will be out there checking to make sure um, those plugs are being pulled and everything is drained and dried. Uh, they're engaging with the public. We're getting more volunteers. Uh, and we, so far this year, we've seen more tickets have been written and more, more warnings have been written, and we have no new cases of zebra mussels at this point so far. So that's good. I mean, they take it seriously, and they're making sure we're we're kept up to date that's good and i think um I think we're moving in a good direction, yeah, the harvest report everybody is wondering what things are are going to look like, and people are you know we had a crazy winter uh and it is on minds of folks. well, you know what will the you know those broods look like, and so far, things look good from what we're hearing. Spring spawning and the stocking summary, that's always interesting. And what we also heard was folks, I think a lot of folks know this. I know my husband goes to the GFMP website all the time uh, to see where the GFMP has stocked fish, uh, to take a look at what's going on and, you know, utilize your time. Uh, Be more efficient when you're out there fishing. We also got an update on the ADA track wheelchair program from Emmett Kaiser, and I'm going to mention him again. But for those folks that um, have challenges with mobility, we now have these track chairs so you can go out and enjoy the great outdoors, um, which is outstanding. And then we did get a license sales update from Director Tom Kirschman, which is always good. That lets us know, you know, how are we doing with everything from small game to fishing, all of it? How does that compare to last year? Um, You know, and if there are any red flags, we know about that ahead of time. And then we got to say goodbye to Emmett Kaiser, a GFMP staff member for 45 years, Um, just an outstanding human being. And I know you guys will miss him. Uh, I only got to know him a little bit better the last few years. He was on the show that I used to do a handful of times. But a true uh, institution, and he will be missed. But I hope he is enjoying his next journey of retirement.
0: Yeah, he—he, I—I he, uh, I don't think his footprint could be understated. He mentored a lot of us, and in, in the way, you know, he went through some tough stuff. I mean, is uh, you know, professionally, I mean, everything from open fields to. You know, at one point we had a lockout and where private landowners were, you know, not letting people hunt. And he was in the middle of all that. He was in the middle of the non meandered stuff. He was, you know, during the legislature, he was over there a lot. And to handle that stuff with such an even hand and and it, it just really impressive. He told me one time, he goes, you know, your mouth gets you into a lot, gets you out of a lot of situations, Hull but it also gets you into a lot of situations and you got to, rem- you got to pause and figure out what moment that is before you talk. So that, that was early on in my GFP career. So, uh, he's yeah, good advice.
3: He just,
0: so yeah. fortunately we've got whole that tell me the same thing too. Yeah. So we've yeah. got Emmett's, Emmett's generational knowledge trickling down yeah, a little bit, <laughs> but you know, I, I think we can wrap it up. Thank you for your hour. It, it's, you know, your insight and You've got a really, really good feel for um, for what's going on, and, and the questions you ask and stuff. And, and we appreciate it. And I can guarantee you that this won't be the last time that we make you do this. Absolutely. So. And, and you know, so it's fun. I, I'll, I'll, I'll echo what whole said too. I mean,
1: I, I kind of said it at the start too, but just your ability to to share information on this type of thing make it make it so that everyone can digest digest it, not just you know, we, we talk about uh, otter latrines and we get very in right. depth, but we can, we can make it so that everyone can understand things. I mean, I think just your passion, you, you are as a, as an individual, your skill set you have from your professional. I mean, I know I learn a lot, even just, just kind of watching you run these meetings. I learned a lot, even just in this last hour. So, I mean, that's something I just appreciate the heck out of. And, and we're super, super happy to have you as a commission and I'll I'll state it again. I think we got an awesome team of commissioners, and I'm I'm glad to have you leading them.
2: Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate those kind words. You know, I will say, covering politics for all those years, and I have sat on boards, much smaller boards, um, a few statewide boards, um, but to have this role, it, it certainly is. It's it is an honor. There's a lot to learn, and one thing I have learned: uh, listen before you speak. And listening goes sometimes a lot further <laughs> than speaking, so it's been good it's It truly is an honor to serve the people of South Dakota and we do have a good team, both where you guys sit and on the commission.
0: Awesome well, thank you for your yeah. time. uh, say hello to your awesome daughter for us. uh she's a good one. I haven't met your sons yet, but I have met your daughter, and she's
2: <laughs> she's oh uh, cool. she she is. she's very fond of you as well, so I will <laughs> let her know.
0: <laughs> thank you for your time, Commissioner Ristler. We appreciate the heck out of it.
2: Yep,
3: absolutely. thank you both. Thank you.
0: Good, good stuff from Commissioner Rissler. Uh You can tell that she's comfortable around microphones, has a good grasp of, of kind of the issues and has really been impressive uh, in her year and a half so far. Uh, being able to digest stuff, ask the right questions, she's just a good one. We really do have a good commission right now and I uh, look forward to talking to her in the future and even uh, some of the other commissioners and probably get Secretary Roebling Deputy Secretary Simpson uh, And maybe wildlife director Tom Kirschman on to kind of break down those Commission meetings and and give it to you in sound bites So you can know what's going on Other than that man the fish are biting uh, everywhere I, Everywhere I turn I talk to people who are who are getting out and camping and fishing in uh, the Northeast fishing has been great uh, Missouri River system is going gangbusters right now And I hope to get out and do that a little bit. And I hope you do too. Uh, If you got any ideas for upcoming podcasts, as always, reach out to me, uh, chris.hull at state.sd.us. And uh, maybe we can do the idea and even get you on if you are so passionate and inclined about that topic. So thanks for listening and uh, get outside and make some memories.
3: Next afternoon, drove back to my car Lose more breath, so dang far To the key, you click, bang the horn with my head Call a friend to jump more my batteries dead